Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Guys, I am so happy today to introduce Sam Bernice to you. Um, so actually, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to introduce her myself. I'm going to allow Sam to sort of um, introduce herself. But what we are really going to be talking about today is um, introducing ourselves, possibly, and definitely our kids to well-being tools. Tools that can help us, that can support us navigate those choppy waters of parenthood, childhood, you name it. Um, Sam has, she uses yoga particularly um, sort of for her and her kids because she has had a number of big life upheavals. And um, I think just from speaking to her, I'm hearing that yoga is her constant, that is is her sort of, you know, it is the stabilizing influence that sort of keeps her going. So without further ado, Sam, thank you so much. I'm so thrilled that you're here. Oh, thank you very much, Kay. So, um, yeah, I'm Sam. I have practiced yoga for about over 20 years. And it has helped me considerably through my life, but but especially as a parent. So um, talking about being a parent, I have three children myself. I'm a primary school teacher as well. So a lot of the um, philosophy and the knowledge and wisdom that I've learned in yoga has allowed me to pass on this wisdom to the children that I teach in schools, but fundamentally as well, my own children. Um, so we've discussed a little bit about what yoga is. Yoga is a, ultimately a journey of self-discovery and what is it that we want our children to, to have is that knowledge of them, who they are and being really confident in that. And that, that journey sometimes takes people years and years, you know, they get to adult life and then they think, that's not who I am. I've been living 30 years yes. of this person that I'm I'm not. And they have this kind of little mini breakdown and they call it the dark night of soul, the soul in, in yoga. A really wow. good book by Simon Hass, actually. Um, and they have this little awakening and it is kind of getting back to actually who they are and being really true to that. And then once you discover who you are, you have this um, deep contentment and peace. Um, so when I teach and when I pass on the, on this knowledge to my own children, I'm continually getting questioning them to kind of really get a feel of what what they want and who they are and what their passions are. Sam, can I just sort of stop you there? Because you th- this is this is your language, this is your vibe. I get that, but what does it mean? who you are 
I don't even know, you know, what what does, because I'm Kai Graham, that's great, and I am a, an author, and I'm a this, and I'm a mum, and I'm a daughter, but but that's who I think I am. So how how can yoga sort of go back and sort of teach me, mm. I say in quote, air quotes, who I am? Because, I, and, and I know, I know exactly what you're saying, because I, I have had those epiphany moments of, you know, sort of, self-reinvention but I still don't know how do we find out who we are I mean not without being facetious will a downward dog get you that I mean how does it how does that sort of answer the questions do you know what I mean because I know that I know how powerful yoga is and yet I've only touched the tip of the iceberg and Mm. I just don't know how to find out who I am and and what that sort of means for me or or you know what the listeners maybe they're sort of thinking the same Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. So um, the posture part of yoga is only a very small part of what yoga is about. So um, if you're looking at the eight limbs of yoga, um, then that is just one part of eight parts of yoga. postures. Um, So, you know, ultimately, in the past, all the postures really did was enable yogis to sit straight with the spine straight comfortably for hours on end to meditate yeah so really you know a lot of yoga is meditation so it is interesting because some people put it in two different contexts oh I did yoga and meditation but kind of it is all yoga really um and so is mindfulness and you know so is anything to do with well-being so is diet it is all under the yoga philosophy got you right okay so it's not just getting on a mat and doing the postures it's if you are following yoga your your you, it kind of encompasses your whole life um and you've got also it, 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 yeah. sorry I'm, I'm talking across it really is well-being tools then isn't it because as soon as I sort of hear about yoga I go oh god I've got to go and get my mat out and I've got to put no. it on. <laughs> I've got to and you know if I can get away with 10 minutes that's great but I really should be doing more so your philosophy is well-being tools under the huge umbrella of yoga is that fair got you right that Absolutely, makes a lot more sense. yeah so right. it is um it's being aware of that voice in our head that doesn't stop talking and giving you all the techniques to allow yourself, allow kind of almost to sort of see down into yourself. Um, So, so you can hear that voice and go, Oh, that's really interesting. This is, this voice is really noisy today. Yes. What am I doing? That is, um, or what am I not doing to just allow that voice to just quieten a little bit so I can focus, so I can concentrate. Um, so, yeah, all sort of um, mindset training that you hear about these days, it, that is all yoga too. Brilliant. It's the journey of learning about yourself, learning about your mind, learning about your body. So the, the, the postures is not just the body element because you're adding the breath to it as well. So that's kind of a bit of, you know, obviously you've got the physiological effects of that, but you know, that's just one. There's just so many elements to yoga that can help um, children when they're growing up to learn these and establish them in their in their daily routine. And, you know, my children don't always like getting on a mat either, especially because mum does it. It's not as cool when when you're a parent and you're doing it. But I I'm continually sort of saying about, you know, what they eat and questioning where the 
food comes from and how they feel about that and how are they feeling today? What's going on in your body today? Are you feeling tired? You know, just getting them to check in with themselves all the time so that they have that level of awareness and consciousness throughout the day that they're not going to then go, oh, you know, they just explode with anger and then not know why. Um, You're so so right, because I I was, um, well, before COVID, I was supporting kids in a primary school and we were going through feelings and I was I was shocked, Sam, by the number of kids who couldn't a identify their feelings and couldn't feel them in their body. They were they were numb, and you yeah. know, and, and yet they were chat 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 chat, and and yet it was all in their head. And you could and you know, just by careful digging, you could tell who the gamers were. You could tell who the you know, and it was really I was really quite shocked. Yeah. You know, we had to go back to basics and you know, sort of get emojis out and start discussing it that way because that was the only way that the kids could identify with how they were feeling. Yeah, yeah, it is, and I I see it so much. You know, I've worked. Um, in schools for over 20 years but specifically teaching yoga in schools for for 10 years and exactly that there's so there's so many children now um, who can't focus who can't who don't have that concentration they need to fiddle with something they come in with these pop-ups or something you know the pressing things Um, they have to fiddle with something to enable them to sit still yeah Um, but I see it every single time I teach them by the end of the class, they are sitting still. It they doesn't take that long, of, does it? It's incredible. They have this kind of dazed look of, oh, I'm back. I'm back again. You know, um, it's it's really they have that level where they're actually conscious and aware and they've got that focus again. And they always leave saying, that was really good. I feel really I feel really calm or sometimes they have that awareness of, oh, I actually feel really tired. And I say, well, maybe just go to bed earlier tonight. And they go, yeah, yeah, I will. Whereas before, if I had said, oh, you're tired, you need to go to bed. I'm not tired, you know, and they'd be fidgeting around. No, I'm not tired. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, um, so they just have that that better level of awareness about themselves. They're more conscious about, um, you know, what they think what they say, what they do, their actions. And um, yeah, and definitely able to listen and learn better. Um, That's the trick, isn't it? So, so what do we do as parents then? What, what, what are the pointers that we can do to help our kids? Because I think, I mean, emotional intelligence is, is pretty blimmin' important because, I mean, I, I'm sort of seeing older kids and adults who are just having these sort of, oh, flip moments you know, sort of further down the line. And we want to be able to get kids early so they are in tune with, here we are, who they are. You know, Mm. the lights, the light bulbs are going off now. So how can we as parents support them in that? Because actually it's probably a journey of self-discovery for for us as well as for our kids, isn't it? Absolutely. So start with yourself. Um, And as a parent, I struggled with this. So I do sympathise because... When I um, first had children, um, so I, I went to baby pregnancy yoga, baby yoga, 
And then my second came along quite quickly, my little girl. And um, I, she cried a lot as a baby. And my toddler was into everything, plug holes, bleach, you name it. He was just very um, adventurous. And I love that about him. Um, but it was very hard as a parent, very hard. And I, at the time, I had um, a partner, my husband, who was suffering with mental health issues. So it was all a lot. And I didn't do any yoga myself. I just stopped it. I just thought in my mindset, I said to, to myself, I don't have time for that. Yes. That's yes. selfish. You're yeah. a mother now. You have responsibilities. Your children come first. There's too much going on. They come first. But what happened, and I didn't realize it was happening very, very slowly. I was just letting myself go physically, emotionally. And I felt like I was less and less able to cope. And when a friend came back from India and she'd done Shivananda yoga, I just remember doing an hour and a half of these postures, you know, um, feeling terribly unfit, hadn't really done anything. Um, and then I laid in Shavasana, the relaxation at the end. And I just had this huge awareness of you need to do this and you need to share this. This is incredible. I felt all of the all my muscles start to relax because they just were so tense. I was just holding so much in. And I just thought, this is it. I have to do this. I have to share this because the transition just from one class of me feeling so uptight, trying to hold everything together, juggle everything, you know, um, I just thought I need to do this. But I still had that mindset every time I got on my mat. <laughs> oh, I haven't got time for this. I need to do this for Emily. I need to do this for Jacob. I need to do this for Finley. Oh, you know, my husband needs this doing whatever it was, you know. Um, and I just thought, no, it's selfish. I haven't got time for that. Um, but the more I practiced, the more and it was on the mat. It started there on the mat very physically, actually, for me. And I think because I was in a high state of anxiety, looking back, for sure. Yeah. Um, so for me, I needed that physical practice to actually release the tension and the, um, you know, just stored up stress from my body, I think. Yeah. And to breathe properly was a big thing. I'm reading a book at the moment um, called, called Breath, which... Um, uh, James Nestler, I think it is absolutely incredible. It's about the breath and how it changes you physiologically in the body and everything. So yeah, doing the breath work and the postures, it started there. And I started to realize that when I did my practice and I had this discipline and this routine, I was a better mother. Yeah. I was more understanding. I was more open. Um, you know, when my, my son would get angry with me, I would just deal with it in a much better way I was there for him more um, and I was just able to navigate what I then had to get through in in a way that if I didn't have that I think I probably would have fell apart yeah I probably would have maybe I don't know hit the bottom and just thought you know yeah I don't know I, I don't know what would have happened had I not had that anchor of um, self-care actually it is a form of, of self-care 
and I think the thing is, this is why, and I I came into this sort of call with um, the misconception that yoga is just the physicality and the stretchy bits with, you know, the breath work, because you've got to do that, you've got to do it, go in and out, but then meditation has to come on top. And um, just to actually sort of, you know, turn that on its head and think, no, this is a whole sort of, I suppose, uh, is it would it be a sort of way? Yeah, just the overall way of looking at life, isn't it really? Because I had a sort of, I, I was a bit like you, these upheavals, and one of mine I sort of had at the beginning of this year. And I just, the wheels came off. And I didn't even have, I don't even have, think I had the the um, ability to get onto the mat. It was, but what I was able to do, because you said you started off with the sort of physical side. What I actually did was just by creating space for myself. And mm. yet when I did that, so from my headspace point of view and just changing the mindset, and I, it started off with journaling and a bit of breath work, that sort of opened the door to be, well, hang on a minute, you know, you're getting your mind back. Let's do the same with your body. And it was, it was a matter of, even though this is very bad, I actually have to prioritize myself. You don't have time, but I've got to do it. And it is, it's that realization, isn't it? That we are a better person because of it. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there are times when my practice would be getting on the mat, trying to start doing a sun salutation, just going then into balasana, sort of when you curl up, sitting on your feet and just cry my eyes out. Yeah. You know, and that was my practice that day is recognizing that I just needed a huge release. Yeah. And um, and the, I think the beauty of yoga is that you don't then need, I mean, support is, is, essential from others around but you don't necessarily need to seek it all the time because you're doing it for yourself it's like it's almost like you're your own best friend and you start to change the mindset in your head of talking to yourself like you're talking to a friend who's going through some really you know hard times so you talk to yourself nicer and when you have that voice in your head of you know that voice that isn't as nice you just think okay well I'm not going to listen to that one that one's not going to help me in any way so I mean it does take practice doesn't it oh absolutely and it'll keep coming you know it it's not like you can never ever stop your thoughts as such but I think definitely with with disciplined meditation so I actually now because I teach um you know yoga in schools and I'm doing the postures all day um I know I can physically sit in meditation without needing to necessarily do the postures before my practice. So I just wake up and I meditate for half an hour every morning. And that's my practice. It's just like your practice was journaling and meditation or breath work. That's your practice. So it can, it can look very different for for everybody, but it's still yoga. It's still. I'm thrilled to hear that, you know, so, and, and, you know, doing this helps me to, model it for my children um you know I'm I'm just passing on these little nuggets of wisdom um whenever whenever they come to me for a problem say for example my eldest at the moment he's he's being you know (sighs) bullied shall we say I get I guess that that it could be categorized under bullying 
but it's just a continual sort of reference to the fact that he has ginger hair. And I just find it actually quite interesting because there has been so much in the media and people are really aware of of racism and of um, sexism and, you know, all that sort of thing. But but it still seems very prominent in schools that they need to refer to hair colour. <laughs> and I, I'm kind of thinking, I thought we'd moved on from this, but but no, it's still it's still a thing. And actually the school have been really incredible. Um, I spoke to um, one of the pastoral care members and he was brilliant. He's got a group together and they're talking about it and they're sort of trying to raise the awareness about it, which which is really good. So, so but for something like that, bullying, whatever the reason of, you know, usually it's when the child is slightly different to, you yeah. know, <clears throat> whatever it is. How, how do you equip to your child to stand up to that? Or does he stand up to it or does he go inside? Or what 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 are the well-being tools for him to protect him or to for him to endure that yeah so um generally he ignores it he's done it for quite a while actually and then he came to me and he was having a particularly bad day when his friends started to move away from him and I said I said okay well it's not really acceptable I know you're ignoring it and that you're doing a really good job and that sounds like that's helping you at the moment but um you know, it sounds to me like it's actually starting to bother you now. He was like, no, it's not. It's fine. I said, well, mm. I said, if someone continually says something in your ear, like, you know, you're useless, you're useless, you're useless, you're going to probably ignore it up to a point, but it will start to affect you. Yeah. I said, so I don't think it's acceptable. I think we need to do something about this, definitely. Um, but, but yeah, I think from a yogic perspective, he was able to be confident in himself enough to ignore it and know it's just actually their stuff in a way. Yeah. I always say to him, when, when bullies say horrible things to somebody else, it's nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's their stuff. They're carrying away, carrying around, sorry, lots and lots of pain inside them. Yeah. So they're trying to expel that pain in an angry way and they're directing it on you. And you're, you know, it could be anybody. It could be anyone, like you said, anyone who's slightly different, they're just going to pick on because they've got the pain inside. So it's almost like my children have a great amount of empathy and compassion towards other people. So they see a homeless person in the street and they want to help that person because they know that that person is in pain and they've had a really horrible life. Because um, I always get them to see why somebody's acting the way they are. Um, and we're all fundamentally trying to heal. And I teach this to the children when I teach them in schools. We all fundamentally want to be the best version of ourselves, whatever that looks like, because it's different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But we all fundamentally want to be good people as such you know good for ourselves because then we'll find peace and contentment you know there's no peace and contentment in in anger in power in ego in anything like that so how do we teach our kids to avoid that how do we teach our kids how to find that peace and contentment that inner resolve that inner self-love I suppose because as you say if you hear it enough and my son was 
his first experience of bullying was at the ripe old age of four and a half. And I, like you, sort of said, well, that's just because the bully is feeling sad and muddled inside. And he got that. But mm. how, how do we build that inner strength for our kids, you know, for them to sort of nearly, te- I, and I, I was going to say Teflon coat, but that sort of nearly makes it sound as though they're building a, a, you know, a barrier between them and the world. But how do we teach them, you know, to, and, and is it sort of through breath work and meditation or, or, or is it is it just the constant kind words that we say as parents? How do we get it to sort of, you know, to, to absorb them to absorb all this and to start living it themselves? Yeah, so so self-care, absolutely. It starts with that because I think like if you have a very disciplined self-care um, practice within your life, then no matter what anybody says and does around you, there's this constant within. Yeah. Um, so it does start with the self. And yes, there are times when you need support and you need to sit, seek help and guidance around you, um, especially as children, you know, yeah. because they are learning. Exactly. You know, this, this is something that has taken years for me to realize, and I'm an adult, but if I can keep, helping and guiding my child through that and just saying self-care is the most important thing you are the most important thing in your life that's true yeah so you have to start with you you be you know I like I love that saying you do you yeah um it's very very yogurish actually um you do you don't worry about what other other people think and yes of course saying that to a teenager is probably falling on deaf ears because in the teenage lives, they worry about what other people think. They, they worry about what they're doing. Tried, they? Yeah. So that is hard, but it is a process. Um, however, it can be strengthened and con- self-worth and self-confidence can be massively strengthened with yoga practices and techniques. Mm. You see, so, listening, yeah. listening to what you were saying, I, I've sort of only really learned this as an adult. And um, yeah, I've had sort of my big life upheavals and whenever I have Sam I lift the drawbridge up and I do not want to I don't want to feel vulnerable I don't want to put myself out there so I I sort of turn within I I literally become a hermit and it's then that you know and I because I know a lot of people say reach out reach out and you're sort of going hmm sometimes I can't sometimes I'm not strong enough sometimes I'm I just feel no too vulnerable to do that I need to start mending the pieces and getting it straight in my own head from within first of all and you're quite right it's it is it is the self-care and it is the self-practice whatever that may be you know it could be the physical it could be the breath work it could be the journaling could be you know going for a run eating better it's actually all of these things isn't it that's absolutely yes it's all of them and And getting that balance yeah and then you start feeling stronger don't you and then and then it's as you say you do you and it's it's teaching yourself that actually you can do a lot of the work yourself as you said, I thought, you know, it was interesting. You know, part of your practice one day was just sobbing. I mean, I've just come back off a retreat and I was doing breath work and thought I was doing terribly well. And they sort of said, oh, yes, your hands will tingle. And I, oh, I'm doing this well. Oh, yes, yes. yes. And then went into, you know, the sort of relaxation. 
and started sobbing. And it was like, where has this come from? Mm. And I I realized, Sam, that it was actually the nine-year-old little girl who was still looking for acceptance. So we need to be able to teach our kids this now. So they're not sitting there on a blimmin' yoga mat at the age of 57 sobbing and realizing that their inner child needs to work. So it's teaching our kids now, isn't it? Absolutely. But they still might be there sobbing on a mat in their 30s if they need to, because actually, um, you know, anxiety and different things that happen to us happen to us in our lives might not necessarily be big things. And people sometimes forget that. So something, you know, for example, if you're a child and you're left at a school gate and mummy's 20 minutes late, that can be actually really traumatic for you. And you can store that. And that can actually exacerbate a feeling of um, of, of neglect or or, um, or or someone letting you down. And you, you might not actually realize that. So it's a subconscious level. And this is where yoga really helps because it doesn't just help you consciously. It helps on the subconscious level, especially the meditation and the breath work. Um, so, and that's the kind of like the spiritual element of it as such. So it's, it's treating the body, not just as a body, but as, as obviously the mind, which is now becoming more into the awareness of the media as well, but also on that extra level of the subconscious. So, um, it works very deeply. Um, and, and, you know, you can, you, you can just release whenever you need to release yoga gives that safe space for you to do that. There's no expectations there when you come, when you go and seek a proper yoga teacher who, you know, has had that experience or a guru, they will just allow that space and there's no expectation. You don't have to let go if you don't want to. It's fine. You know, it's do what you need to do. We're going to just move through these postures. And what the postures does is, is it, because obviously the body and the mind and the spirit are all interlinked. Yeah. You know, if you think about when you have a backache, that can affect you mentally, your mental health and vice versa. So it's really, if you release physical, it allows you then to start releasing the emotional and the, yeah. the, the other parts of the being. Um, yeah. So it creates space. It creates space in the body, creates space in the mind. And with space, you always feel this freedom with yoga and you might not be physically free. I mean, you could be in prison and still feel an inner freedom, actually. Right. I think that's one of the um, books that I read. It started about being being in prison, but still having freedom and in yoga. Just, yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, because it's the way you're viewing it. And, and if you have you know, if you have that space and you, you're not, um, you know, you're not, if you have physical freedom, then that's movement without any pain. Right. That's what the postures are for. So you can move around without any pain, not, you know. Yes. Um, and then obviously freedom of the mind. So you can be free from all of the, the, the chitter chatter in the mind. So you can be free from that and you can see it from an outside perspective of, you know, knowing that the that your thoughts are not you. Yes, got you. You know, fundamentally, and just going, oh, this this mind today is very chattery. 
I wonder why that is. Yeah. Let's let's do a meditation and see if that still happens after the meditation. And generally it's not. Generally after the meditation, um, you have clarity. Um, I would say you have very creative insights in meditation, which is really interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just get some, I call them spiritual downloads. Um, so, so yeah, but I mean, with my children, they don't sit there every morning and meditate. I, try, no, I, 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 was, I, say, I invite them. I say, do you think it'd be really good to, to meditate every morning? No, 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 I haven't got, no, I don't want to. Exactly yeah. what we do. Yeah. as people oh, I haven't got time for that yeah. oh I can't do that I've got this to do for schoolwork that's boring <laughs> yeah absolutely but I'm just inviting them all the time and that's the beauty of yoga it's not like that's why it's you know it's not like any other sort of belief system as such you know yeah. you're not saying you need to do this you just I- say if you do this then you may feel a bit like this would that be nice and then they say well yeah but I don't have time. You're like, okay, well, yeah. you know, just I, remember your self-worth is the most important thing. And I always kind of just come back to that. <laughs> you're quite right. And I think the thing is, is just recognizing the signs. I mean, the thing is, is that we recognize the signs of a bad back or a dodgy knee or stuff like that. But it's also, it's it's the mental and, and, and the the other. And, and when I speak to kids, um, I sort of say, you know, I I, I introduce um, a character called Moaning Myrtle, and if anyone is the, a Harry Potter fan, yes. uh, they'll know. <laughs> she's in the toilets crying. She, and she <laughs> sounds like this, and all she does is laugh. <laughs> and and you know, and you're rubbish at that, and you can't do this. And so kids sort of get it when you you know you've got sort of something like. And I sort of say, well, what's Moaning Myrtle saying to you today? Or Moaning Myrtle saying that I, you know, I, I I'm to this, or I'm to that, or I can't do math or I can't run fast enough or whatever it is. And it's just sort of going, well, hang on a minute, how true is this? And it's teaching the kids that actually it's, you know, what what they're hearing in their head is just what you're saying, isn't it? But it's it's getting them to be aware of it. And then we sort of say, shall we just tell Moaning Myrtle to do one? And it's, well, yes, we can, can't we? We can turn her voice down. And, And just being aware that actually what's going on in their head isn't true. And and it's getting them to relate that and acknowledge that actually, as you sort of say, these are just thoughts. These and we can we can just let them go. We don't have to cling on to them. And I think many of us as adults are just sort of learning that as well, aren't we? I mean, it might not be moaning Merkel. One one client sort of said to me, "Oh my God, it's my mother!" And you know, so you you sort of, and and that's she all she could hear was that sort of you know that dress is too short or would you really do that with your child or your rubbish at cooking or when she was hearing this cycle yes to stop that and and I'm thrilled that you've just told me that this is yoga because it is it's that just that philosophy isn't it of of self-practice self-development and looking after ourselves that little bit better and being kinder to ourselves oh absolutely being kinder to ourselves and then just allowing us Another thing is acceptance, just accepting the way that we feel, accepting ourselves fully, accepting maybe the circumstances around us at that present time if they can't be changed. Yes. Some things can't. And how do you live with that? Well, actually, acceptance, you know, for example, if I break my arm, there's nothing can be done about it. I have to accept that you know, or I can just mentally torture myself for the next 10 years. Um, you know, it, not that you'd consciously do that, 
<laughs> obviously yes, but it's it's a cycle we get into yes exactly but yoga helps the awareness of going oh I am doing this to myself that's that I don't want that that's all that's hurting is me yeah and that's making me be then a bad mother or um mm you know, not very good in the workplace and or grumpy to be around or moaning Myrtle. <laughs> I like that definition. There's actually a really wonderful book that I read to my children, um, Tiger, Tiger. Um, is it true? So, you know, you're, you're saying about moaning Myrtle being true. Oh, yes. So this little turk. This, oh, is um, that Byron Katie? Interesting. Yeah. He teaches this t- this tiger, this turtle, no tortoise. Teaches this tiger. Is it true? Yeah. Your thoughts. So it's kind of quite a mindset thing, but it's brilliant to to teach children. Um, there we go. And even teenagers. I love reading this book myself as an adult. Sometimes I just read it and remind myself as well yeah. when I'm having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> you exactly. know. That's it. So, so tell me because I. <laughs> Books are brilliant for adults as well. Oh, they? I know. You see, that that's it because I used to take a load of books into primary school, and and you know, mm, yeah. My husband's sort of going, "What on earth is that?" Guy? And I go, "No, no, no. This has got a really good message in it for a seven-year-old or a fifty-seven-year-old." Absolutely, um, yeah. But Sam, tell me because anxiety levels are on the increase, like we we all know. So, I mean, I know there'll be lots of parents sort of sitting there going, my child is having panic attacks. My child suffers from anxiety, but school school refusal or all these things. How, you know, give us, because everyone likes light bulb moments and sort of stuff, but what do we do to try and help and support those people who are sort of struggling with anxiety how, what's what's the and it might not be a quick I know breath works brilliant but how do we support and help people to develop a practice of whatever physical mental whatever to try and start managing their anxiety levels better yeah definitely breath absolutely 100% breath so exhaling for longer Okay. It is anxiety. So as soon as you um as soon as you breathe slower as well, not necessarily deeper all the time, actually. Because oh, sometimes I, if I you breathe right. really deeply and out, it can it can make you feel a bit more anxious as well. So you go a bit lightheaded sometimes, can't right, got you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um so breathing, exhaling for longer. So there is quite a lot of um, research in this book, um, Breath. I'm listening to the audio of it, actually. It's, um, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. I've wanted to read it for a while. I'll just get you the author, James Nestor, Breath. But it is, he says a lot about um, breathing in through the nose, which is what I've always taught because obviously your nose is a natural barrier for viruses and bacteria and disease and things. And our noses are designed to be breathed through. And automatically when you breathe in through your nose and send the air to the back of the throat, which in yoga we call ujjayi breath. Yeah. A bit like Darth Vader. I call it Darth Vader. Or I like to call it the 
ocean breath because I imagine then the the ocean coming in and out and that's an actual really nice visual thing you can tell children to do so you breathe in and you imagine the sea going back and taking form and then you breathe out and you imagine that the wave is gently dissipating over the shore it's a very nice relaxing visualization and it slows the breath Um, and I would say breathe, breathe in long and slow so imagine that the the nose is very long And you can imagine the breath, the journey of the breath as well into the lungs going all the way down. Yeah. um, And then all the way out. Um, And then you want to exhale for longer. So breathing in through the nose is one thing. Exhaling for longer automatically triggers the parasympathetic nervous system, the rest and digest in what we call in yoga. Um, And that allows the body to just release stress. So um, breathing in for longer then induces that um, the sympathetic nervous system. So, but actually, what they have found in studies is doing it that in a controlled, safe environment can help the immune system and all that sort of thing, which is what Wim Hof does. Okay, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's so, pretty. Thank you, because um, but yeah, teaching children to do that and it it can be done in so many forms. Um, you can do the square breathing. You yeah. can do the five fingered breathing. Um, yes, you know. I call it. I call it roller coaster with the kids, where they try. I, I will have to explain, yeah. but it's where you hold your hand out, sort of like a star of five, and you start at your wrist and you trace the the fingers, a bit yeah. like going up and down a roller coaster, and you breathe in as you're going up with the finger, and you breathe out as you're going down the finger. And then you sort of keep going. And when you get to the other end, you know, sort of the other end of the wrist, that's when you do a really long exhale. But, yeah, we, we you, you're quite right. It's, it's just it's turning it into a game for the younger ones, isn't it? Yes. And, just, and actually teaching them to do this when they're feeling calm as well as when they're feeling stressed. So they it's the sort of muscle memory, isn't it? Absolutely. And just getting all those little those, those little tips, techniques, those nuggets of wisdom into their everyday life um it just needs to be modeled and practiced as well so you know I, I would definitely um if anyone's sort of thinking about it exploring the the philosophies and the techniques of yoga this, this is it's it's ancient wisdom it is. and and actually quite a lot of um the yoga is all very similar, but it practiced in different ways. But it's all fundamentally self-care, self-wisdom, a journey of the self. Um, I I do I take lots and lots of things that really resonate with me from lots of different disciplines of yoga. Um, I'm actually trained in Hatha, but I'm also trained in Shivananda, and both of them are incredible. And I've taken things from both, but I also love practicing Kundalini yoga sometimes. Um, power yoga ashtanga is another one that I really love you know so um, just take what you can and you don't have to fit into one discipline because uh, some people I know have, I've talked to they said oh yeah I tried that and I couldn't yeah. do it it's just not that's it and writing it off or to, yeah 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 but but explore and get the right teacher as well um, yeah. that resonates with you um, there's lots of different lovely teachers out there um, so finding the right one and get get yourself 
it's like a maintenance, a self-care maintenance. You know, yeah. like a massage, you always think, right, I need a massage every month for maintenance. And then do we do it? <laughs> no, you're quite right. But I mean, you still say, and, and I still started out with yoga. And I'm thrilled that actually I realised I've actually been practising the sort of philosophy of yoga for a hell of a lot longer than I have been sitting on a mat. Yeah. So, but I, I still got to the stage where, well, you see, no, I can't do it because by the time I put my kit on, then I, you know, it's going to sort of, it's, it's eaten into my time. So I have some, I leave my mat out now. So there's no blimmin' excuse. And I have done yoga in my jammies and that's okay. Right. And, you know, and, and yeah. I, I sort of started, especially through lockdown, um, sort of found uh, sort of different classes online and actually not even classes, but sort of, you know, 10 minute videos and 20 minute videos. So yeah. it's just, trying it's been kind to yourself isn't it because if someone said to me you've got to do yoga work for an hour a day I would go oh well, that ain't happening but it's no. just slotting it into our life to the extent that when it starts taking and it happens sort of fairly quickly we we sort of start learning without it life ain't so good is it yeah oh absolutely and you don't know it isn't until you start looking Thank after you. yourself again yeah. then yeah. look back and go Oh, gosh, I actually was a bit of a mess at that point. And whenever I get onto the mat now, I just feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm home. Why haven't I done this for two weeks? Uh, so it is, it's that reminder to, to, to look after ourselves because then we bring the best of ourselves to the rest and, of the world. Don't we? And we bring back a sense of balance as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, so, so you'll probably, or people go through different phases of their lives when they might need different yogas as such. So, you know, at the moment where my work is very physical, my yoga practice is just meditation. You see. You know? Whereas in the holidays, in, in the summer holidays, when I'm not physical every day with the, the classes I teach, yeah. then I like a more physical practice yeah. because I need that balance um, of the physical, of the um, emotional, of the um, the mindset work and then of the just sitting in stillness and and just being at one with that allowing the ego to slowly 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 drop away <laughs> and it'll keep coming back keep coming back and you're just so just there. hello but goodbye <laughs> it's incredible actually you you say you you have moments of of surrender and let go and then you'll have another moment you think I wasn't actually truly letting go then because letting go is so so peaceful and yeah I had a moment like that this morning very strange in my meditation where I thought I thought I'd let that go but this this is this is just this is letting go yeah Uh, yeah. it's a deeper level and it is leveled it's just and the deeper you get the I just think the better person you become, really. Actually, it is. It is all layers of the onion, isn't it? So we just mm. have to start with what we what what's there, and then we are able to unravel a little bit more each time. I think that's the thing. Sam, my love, listen, I could I could sit here and chat to you all day, but um, this was hugely enlightening for me because it, it's just yoga isn't just sitting. You know, as I sort of said before, it isn't just what you do on the mat; it's elsewhere as well. And I find that. I actually found that really comforting. So, Sam, thank you so much indeed. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Kay. It's been an absolute pleasure. Lovely to speak to you. Thank you, my love. Thank you. (laughs) 
Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. Because if you found this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.